Say, all right, all right, all right, I hear you, B. I hear you, B. She, she was all right, you know what I'm saying? All right, all right, all right, hey, 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 nigga, Pito. If you SBA pay, you call me Young Repo, Old Debo. You can rapidly move your feet so, but nigga, what's graphics to a cheat code? You know that Garrett ain't for the hood. Turn your cheetah into Cheetos. And we It's a big Monday, Kenny. It is a big fucking Monday. It is mano a mano, number 43. This is my answer. I'm here with none other than KTKO Kenny, the real KO Kenny. And we've got a lot to talk about today, Kenny. What's good, fam? What's good, brother? Can't complain. You know, we back to cause destruction in the YouTube game, brother. We back after seven days, not 17 months like Aerospence, but we trying to cause that same type of destruction here today. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And look, uh, a lot. you know what? It's not even that there's a lot to talk about, but there is a little to talk about. But a lot to talk about that little stuff that we want to talk about. There's, just, there's really two things I want to talk about today. It's all about the kings in boxing right now, okay? Number one, we're going to talk about Errol Spence Jr. and the fallout of all of that, okay? We're going to talk about Terrence Crawford. You know, we might get into a little bit about Connor Ben because, yes, he is a welterweight, ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day. Mr. Connor Ben is a welterweight but there's really two big themes here one errol spence jr yes he's back yes he's back he's back and number two the gypsy king tyson fury is back this saturday night in the uk this afternoon in the u.s live on pay-per-view we're gonna ding the bell there for the two champs the two kings uh, let's get into it first, Kenny. Ugas and Spence. You know, sometimes the stars align when it comes to Kenny and Maestro and the predictions, okay? We both predicted Spence. Spence actually did better than I thought he was going to do, to be quite frank with everyone, okay? I expected him to get the W. I did not expect him to break your Dennis Ugas's orbital bone. I didn't expect that. Maestro didn't expect that. Kenny, did you expect that? Did you expect a broken orbital bone and a stoppage win for Errol Spence Jr.? No, see, this is the thing. I did expect Errol Spence to come out here looking that great. I expected him to look just as good as he did against Mikey Garcia, although people don't appreciate that performance. You have to understand the volume of punches that uh, Errol Spence put out in that fight and in the fight against Sean Porter, and that's the same exact thing he came out and he did this fight. He looked phenomenal. He did everything I thought he was going to do. I just did not see your Dennis Ugas not imposing himself. That's the only difference of what took place this weekend. Errol Spence looked exactly the way I thought he was going to look, but your Dennis Ugas did not look the way I thought he was going to look. No, he didn't look like I thought he was going to look. I mean, he was really, I mean, he's never really been the fastest feet, uh, has the fastest feet. And the thing is, Cubans are known for the fast feet. They're known for the footwork. They're known for the in and out, um, you know, focus on, on defense. And this was a guy who had his feet planted that really Errol Spence Jr. could not miss. There wasn't a lot of foot movement. There wasn't a lot of angles. There wasn't a lot of head movement. There's a lot of this. Hands up. You know, hands up, guard high. Uh, hands down It's kind of when he was wanting to protect the body, but, you know, elbows in, guard up. But there wasn't a whole lot of in and out, side to side, you know, Cuban school, defense, angles, head movement. And what we saw a lot of with Errol Spence Jr. was left right through that middle of the guard. Right? Kenny, just put your hands up like this. Right? So left right through the guard, right? Going around with the hook, right? Going to the body with the left hook, right? And and a lot of right jabs to the head and to the body and step into the side and working around. And that uppercut. And the uppercut. Oh God. The uppercut. Hooks. Jab, uppercut. I mean, and he was mixing up. A lot of people have accused Errol Spence of being a pattern fighter, but he was switching up 
his combinations. He was giving Ugas different looks. I got to go right to the big homie first. He wasn't first here, but he was first with the super chat. That's the big dog out there on the West Coast. Hey, yo, right back at you, Nando. Saludos to Maestro Kenny and the chat. HCP, mano a mano. You damn right. It is mano a mano. It is Monday night. We're just getting started because right after us tonight, D-Style Boxing is going to be presenting RT Aftermath, Roundtable Aftermath. He's got a very special guest, so make sure you tune in for that. Make sure you show up for that. You will not be disappointed. Team Batman Boxing was first in the building. All right. And um, look, chat, let us know. Let us know, chat. All right. And if you're commenting on the on-demand, let us know in the comment section, right? Were you surprised by Errol Spence Jr.? The GOAT Mario P. I don't think he was surprised. He says Errol looked incredible. He did look incredible. Okay, he did look incredible. There was that one moment in the fight where, honestly, Kenny Lawrence Cole messed up. All right, it, it was reminiscent of chat. Remind me, please, who was refing the fight between uh, Ramirez and Taylor? All right, where Taylor thought there was a oh, it was Kenny Bayless. I don't even need to chat on that. It was Kenny Bayless body language always wanting to get in there, wanted to insert himself. Uh, Ramirez. Uh, Thought for a second that Kenny Bayless was calling for a break because he was stepping in. He dropped his hand. Boom. Josh Taylor clocked him. Right? In this case, according to both Ugas and Spence, Lawrence Cole called stop. And Errol Spence looked on the ground to go get his mouthpiece because his mouthpiece fell out. And then he got hit by a combo by Ugas. Other than that, Kenny there weren't really that many moments of worry. If any other moments of worry, if you were, you know, um, on team Spence going into this fight, because for the rest of the fight, you know, I'd say maybe the first round was a, was a swing round. Other than that, I pretty much gave the entire fight to um, that round in the mouthpiece round to, to Ugas. One more super chat. We got Mr. Slide tendencies. He's not only a subscriber, Slide Tendencies is also a member. And Slide Tendencies has come with the super chat. Slide Tendencies says, Arrow had a great game plan. He said, we knew he liked to slug it out inside, so that's what we got him to do. It was a very competitive early on. It was very competitive early on. Slide Tendencies, it was. Um, Kenny, any thoughts on any of those comments? I have to agree with the things that are being said. You know, it was definitely competitive early on. Uh, Spence got hit with a few nice shots, and then uh, Ugas just completely slowed down. He wasn't trying to uh, counter in between punches. He was kind of he wasn't even trying to like move with the punches and kind of let his movement take some of the impact of the punches. He was kind of he was trying to be too much of a tough guy, maybe. And trying to show him he could eat the power. But in eating the power, he got that eye destroyed. And at the end of the day, that ended up getting the fight stopped. He wasn't throwing enough punches. He was too, he was too tentative in there. Uh, I do think he's going to come back and be okay. But I don't think he's going to come back against Errol Spence type of opposition. Or Terrence Crawford type of opposition. Stan Yonis also looked fucking amazing. So, I, you know. He did, he did look amazing in terms of his punches. His face didn't look that amazing, though, Stan. No, no, no. I mean, but he was fighting Butaev. Yeah, Butaev put it on him, and Butaev had it put on him. It was a really good fight. Yeah. It was the bully out bullying the bully. Uh, And, um, you know, bully versus bully, and Stanionis won. Now, talking about guys that bully their opponents, and we'll come back to Spence in a moment, but let's, let's just get through the other, like, minor stuff compared to Errol Spence. Let's get that out of the way, sweep it out of the way, and then get back to the big talk. All right, we got to talk a little bit about Conor Ben over the weekend. Conor Ben took on Chris Van Heerden, um, is his name, I believe, an African out, out of South Africa. You know, I'm guessing he's African. He got that Dutch name. Uh, He got washed on Saturday, live from Manchester, from the M-E-N arena. Uh, Didn't go very long. 
you know, started to get touched up and hurt in the first round over by the end of the second round. Mr. Connor Ben should be on to bigger and better things. But what are those bigger and better things, Kenny? Because is he it's a quick yes or no game with Kenny? Is he ready for boots in this? Yes or no? Yes. Is he ready for Virgil Ortiz Jr.? Yes, yes or yes. no? That, yes, that's the opposition he needs to be facing he, right now. Is he ready for Cody Crowley? Yes or no? Yes. He's is, ready. Is he ready for Stanionis? Yes or no? That's a tough one. But yes, he's ready, bro. He's ready. He has to get in there. As Dillian White said, I'm ready. So he, you're pretty much saying he's ready for most of the wealth of a division. I got a couple more names for you. Is he, he ready? Is he ready back. for David Avenician, Kenny? Yes or no? 100%. He's ready for anybody not named uh, Terrence Crawford or Errol Spence. Is he ready for your brother from another that can play the ukulele and the flauta, Mr. One-Time Thurman? Is he ready, Kenny? Yes or no? He'd be ready for one-time Thurman before a lot of these other names you already mentioned. Okay. I, I, th- I think one time Thurman is past his one time. You know, uh, it is what it is. So, so in that case, the, what you're pretty much saying is that we should definitely not be seeing a Kell Brook fight. We don't need to be seeing an Amir Khan fight. Uh, I don't know why he's calling for those kind of names. I mean, it was almost seeming like he was trying to get Amir Khan, you know, back out of semi-retirement for a big fight. I didn't really I like why. that look. I didn't like that look. I didn't like it. I know why he wants that. Uh, uh, them dollars, man. Them dollars. See, he's trying to build his popularity and also go up in opposition. I don't think he should have fought Van Heerden. I feel like that was a waste of a fight. I feel like his fight against Van Heerden should have been against, like, Kell Brook. You know what I'm saying? And then the following fight should have been against, like, uh, one time. You know? And, and or or against some prospects, a lot of the prospects that you mentioned, and then towards I guess one time because it would be harder to get a fight one time, assuming that he's been a champion before and he's still trying to get himself a champion a a, a, a belt a title fight. So yeah, man, he should be getting in there with those guys. Stop playing games. Step up in opposition. Get money too. But Kell Brook and, and, and Amir Khan, no, definitely not. Please, definitely not Amir Khan. I like I like those fights. I like every one of those names I mentioned. I'll throw another one into the mix. I wouldn't mind seeing them with Adrian Broner, passing of the torch type fight. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I also wouldn't mind to see, quite honest, Adrian Broner getting another payday before he retires. That'd be a nice little paycheck for Adrian. All right. I, I don't mind those fights. Uh Virgil Ortiz and Boots in this though. I don't know if I can go that far, Kenny. You know what it is? I like, I like him. I like him with Keith Thurman more than I like him with those two guys, to be honest with you, Kenny. I feel you, but see, the, the Keith Thurman fight would probably be a little more difficult for him to get than the Virgil Ortiz or Boots fight. Uh, not only that, uh, Boots is still fairly untested. He got super, he looks, he got mad skills. He looks amazing, but he's still fairly untested. Virgil he- is more tested, but he's still fa- fairly untested. He's been, he's been through more. But I think he's still fairly untested. And I feel like that fight will be much easier for him to get than an ex-champion in one time. But I I agree with you that I would rather see him against one time before these other guys because these other guys look young, hungry, and ready to go just like like Ben does. And those could be so much of, like, greater fights, larger money fights, bigger stadiums, bigger everything in the future. So, I, you know, I see that argument as well. Yeah, I mean, I like the Crowley, the Crowley fight for him. I think that that would be good. The thing is, the name for Crowley isn't really there just yet. I like Crowley. I've interviewed Crowley. Shout out to Chicano Prophet, who who made the connection on the Crowley interview. Okay, uh, but if you look, you know who I, you know who also they were talking about too. Before we get to the super chat, Kenny, Mikey Garcia. Uh, but my whole thing, and I said this earlier on on the undefeated, shout out to KG and Trav earlier today, they out in the UK. Why go for Mikey Garcia when you could go for the 
guy that beat Mikey Garcia. And I'm talking about um shit, my man from Spain, Sandor Martin. Sandor Martin beat uh, Danny Garcia's uh, Mikey Garcia. So why why go to him? I, I I I don't really understand that one personally, but let's get to the super chat. Thank you so much, Chicano. I agree too many people acting like Spence was in trouble throughout the fight seems to always comes uh, from people who picked Ugas. Yeah. I mean absolutely. Uh let me let me let me say a couple things about this. Uh finish up with Connor Ben first. So look, Maestro management, um we we want to keep him away from from boots in it's just just yet. We don't we don't want to put him in with boots. We don't want to put him in with Virgil Ortiz. Maestro management understands that he had a very limited amateur career, that he's looked good and overpowering and out-muscling and out-punching guys that, quite frankly, don't have a lot of punching power. He hasn't really faced a really legitimate puncher just yet, okay? Um, he, has, he hasn't also really faced a guy that's like a big welterweight that kind of like, you know, shrinks down to the welterweight division like an Ortiz, like yeah, a boots in this. is big though. He's yes, tall. He's he long. He's he's big, but he doesn't have a lot of punching power. He's big, but but his his punch ain't ain't as big. So there was a good good win because again, physically, you know, you look at the optics of that. It looks like a guy beating up a much bigger man. But beyond that, I mean, look, Algeria too. Like these are guys that don't really hit very hard, right? Uh. So let, let, let's get him in with a Keith Thurman. You know, now's a good time if you want to get a former welterweight champion of the world unified in there. Keith didn't look that great to me against Mario Barrios. Um, and uh, or we go the Adrian Broner route, right? Get a big name, get a lot of publicity, big press conference going, right? A lot of media hype, media attention, social media. A lot of trash over talk. The place, a lot of trash talk, right? Or... Go for the Sandor Martin win and, and get another European U- European head on your mantle over there. Any last words on Conor Ben? Nope, just that he's ready to go to uh, the top prospect tier of competition and he's ready to stop this, like, used to uh, fighting has-beens and, uh, and uh, you know, truck drivers and uh, journeymen and stuff. He needs to get to that uh, top prospect level of competition. And then to that champion level of competition, which, you know, top prospect is every name you name besides Terrence Crawford and uh, uh, Errol Spence. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's a little bit difficult right now to talk about things that he should definitely improve on because we got to see him tested a little bit more, taken in the deeper waters before we could talk about him needing to improve on, 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 on certain things. He needs to be tested before we can really pin down the kind of things, but he has improved a lot, but let's get back he, to Errol Spence Jr. Huh? Last, comment, last comment. He did look good against like the much taller man with the much longer reach. I, I thought he was going to have trouble with that. He did look good getting around the reach and still landing his power punches and everything. So got to give him a little props for that. But yeah, like you said, hasn't, hasn't really been tested. So it's hard to, say what he can improve on or what his weaknesses are or any of those things. So Sheldon Moore, Sheldon Moore, uh, he, he's, he says he's, he'd like to see Kell Brook. I called for that fight earlier, but Kell Brook, according to Eddie Hearn, wants 10 million pounds, which is like 14 million U.S. dollars. That's a, that's a lot of money. Like when you, when you bring up big numbers like that, it's almost like you don't even want to want to fight really. Um, it's one thing to get that on a pay-per-view upside. It's another to ask for that as a minimum. If he's asking for that as a minimum, then he doesn't really want the fight. Although I would really like to see that fight, Shelton, to be honest with you. I, I, I like that fight personally. I absolutely do. Um, it's a couple somebody else. I think it was Snoop C. He says, we the best duo doing it. I appreciate that, Snoop. Absolutely. Big up for that. Thank you, bro. And slide tendencies is right, man. Let's get the likes up, man. I'm not following the likes right now because I'm in the studio. But yes, please hit that like button. Whether you're watching live or on demand, it helps a lot with the YouTube algorithm. Okay. I also got to remember not to curse in the first 30 seconds of the show. I think I did that, which uh, <laughs> might negatively <laughs> impact us. I got to save the cursing 
for like maybe two, three minutes in. It's funny because because I learned that one from Kwame Kwame Brown, right? He said no cursing the first couple couple minutes. Somebody told him about that. So yes, there we go. Uh back to the boy slash grown man, Errol Spence Jr. Uh great things happened on Saturday night. People doubted Errol Spence. Um because of what he'd been through uh, with the car crash, being thrown 30 to 40 feet, landing on his head, losing his teeth, uh, only by the grace of God did he survive that and and walk away from what happened with relatively, you know, minor superficial injuries. But the long there was long-term damage, um, definitely mentally, and he's admitted as much that he had to come back from. He showed his medal, Kenny, when he came back in that first fight following the collision against a very dangerous power puncher in Danny Garcia. Say what you will against Danny Garcia. He might be a little slow of feet. His punches, especially his combination counters, are very vicious and have taken many heads. Uh, Errol Spence Jr. survived that, came through with that, from that with, with flying colors. And people still doubted him going into this fight. Um, I myself did think that he would probably go to distance. But Errol Spence was determined to get the KO, and he did just that. Uh, Lawrence Cole, Nando mentioned this earlier, did did one good thing on Saturday night. He stopped the fight uh, on the advice of the doctor. Um, The eye was really bad, and uh, it needed to be stopped. Uh, Did we rate Ugas a little too highly? Or is, I think it's actually Ugas. Did we rate Ugas a little too highly going into the fight as as a boxing community? Was it a little bit of a, of a mirage, Kenny? The win over a forty three year old Manny Pacquiao. Um, did people overestimate him going into this fight with Errol Spence Jr.? <clears throat> uh, I think people like you. Yeah, people definitely overestimated him. Um. He looked amazing against Pacquiao. Pacquiao that we're known that we know to have power, quick hands, uh, combinations with a lot of punches, uh, five, six, seven punches, even more. You know, so we expected Manny to go in there and wash Ugas up, especially because we've seen Ugas fight. We've seen the close decision that he had versus Porter. I thought he should have won that, but whatever. We've seen him be great but against a certain level of opposition then we saw him beat manny and manny should be is like appear to everybody said so, oh shit he beat manny and not only did he beat manny he convincingly whooped him he didn't let manny do anything he controlled that fight that was his fight so that that had us all hyped thinking that that he was gonna come in and do similar work with errol spence the thing is errol spence is much bigger much stronger a lot more reach and similar volume not speed but similar volume as uh as Manny Pacquiao especially the older Manny Pacquiao maybe even uh uh Manny Pacquiao a couple years ago even then because yo the volume of Spence has only increased as he gets older so look I think we we was hype on 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 Ugas because of his performance against Manny and I don't think it's over for his career I just think that we saw him fight another level of fighter. And I think the same thing happens if he fights Terrence Crawford. And I think that his level of opposition that he should be looking at is probably the level that he was facing before. Danny Garcia's, Sean Porter's, Keith Thurman's, ETC, ETC. Yeah, look, uh, a lot was said about Ugas going into this fight. Um I did quite an extensive live on it because Ugas put himself into the political convo with the whole uh, Libertad and Patria Ibida and all of this other stuff. And, um, you know, I I sought to kind of set the record straight about a couple things. Uh, You know, look, you cannot compare Ugas's experience to to, to Spence's experience. Uh, growing up in Cuba is not the equivalent of surviving a near fatal, uh, near end of life car crash. Um, the reason Cuban fighters like Ugas have to make that arduous trip either through Mexico or through, you know, uh, shark infested waters to get to the United States is simple. 
The United States doesn't issue visas to Cubans in Cuba. Cubans can't just walk to an embassy in Havana. By the way, Trump closed that embassy after Obama opened it. Biden's done nothing to reopen it. Um, They can't just show up and ask for a visa like Golovkin did to come to the United States. Golovkin got an EB-1 visa, which is a visa for highly skilled people that are elite at what they do, i.e. boxing. Tyson Fury got one of those to come to the United States. You can't get that if you're in Cuba because the United States won't give that to Cubans. So these Cubans have to come over the way they do. Um, uh, That's not exactly a Patria Vida thing, but I digress. Go check out my live on that if you're interested in hearing more about my take on that. Uh, But that was a big part of the promotion. The fact that they both survived struggles, that they both, uh, you know, had to... uh, overcome adversity, et cetera, et cetera. But he couldn't overcome Errol Spence Jr. in that fight, Kenny, uh, regardless what, what happened. I mean, Errol Spence put him on him. He had the angles he was using offensively and defensively. He was attacking at levels, uh, high and low, head attack, body attack. It was a two-fisted pro- He was a two-fisted uh, uh, problem in terms of his right jab, his right hook, his right uppercut, and also his left uppercut, his left straight, his left around the guard, and his left uh, his um, his left uppercut. So, look, overall, great performance. Uh, let's see what happens next. I, I, I like I like the fight with Terrence Crawford. I hope it happens next. I was watching Ring IQ earlier today, and there was a tweet that went out from. Uh, Errol Spence Jr., where he said that you've got to take the L out of lover when it comes to the PBC. Interpret that however you will. I mean, because you take the L out of lover, what does that spell, Kenny? Over. Over. It's over. So uh, I'm not quite sure what's going on with that. Okay. Um, One thing before you do move on, though, because I know you're segueing into Spence and Terrence Crawford talk and the call-outs after five. I know you're segueing into that, but before we go into that, uh, I just want to ask you, what do you think happens with Ugas from here? Those injuries, life-changing. Is he going to continue boxing, retirement? Your thought on what level of opposition he's going to come back if he does come back to box? Well, I mean, the, the, the orbital bone injury is obviously very difficult to come back from. It depends on whether it needs surgery or not. Then it depends on how he recovers from that if he needs a surgery. Let's not forget that uh, Kel Brook needed to have metal plates put into his face, right? But then on the other hand, Inouye, who had his orbital bone uh, crushed by, by Nonito um, and, and finished his fight, didn't. You know, it, was, it wasn't as bad or the break wasn't in the same place, so it healed without the need for, for surgery or, or metal plates. So it all depends on how bad it is. I think we'll know about that in the coming days, Kenny. But what I will tell you is this. Ugas ain't on the same level as Spence. Ugas ain't on the same level as Crawford. Ugas is on the same level of Sean Porter, which is no disrespect, uh, but that's his level. Um, maybe they could get him in there with, I don't know, how about... Keith, one-time Thurman. I mean, you want to keep it PBC? Why not do that fight? That's right. Why not do that fight if he could heal up, right? Um, You know, I don't know about the cross-promotional fights for Ugas, but, you know, it would he he would be a good test for Boots Ennis. He would be a good test for Virgil Ortiz, right? Because if you pass that test, well, then maybe the next test for you is a Crawford or is a Arrow Spence Jr. But what we got to see right now is Arrow Spence Jr. That's what we need to see. That's what we need to see. We need to see Arrow Spence Jr. against Terrence Crawford. And I want to see that fight, Kenny. I don't know about you, before the end of 2022. That's what I want to see. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with you. I'm heavily on board with you on that. I can't wait for the fight to happen. You know, I remember I came on a couple shows. I was talking trash about that fight is never going to happen. He said he just wants to stay active. And just staying active to me sounds like fighting journeyman. But nah, he's come back on fire these last couple weeks. He's been saying it almost in every interview that he got to focus on on Ugas. 
But after he beats Ugas, after that fight, he's going to be looking for Terrence Crawford. That's going to be his following fight. So, look, I'm I'm convinced now that it's going to happen. And I hope that it does happen before the end of the, of the year. I've been waiting for this fight to happen for so long, and so has everybody else. And I, I Spence is not here to play games. As he said, he had one foot in, one foot out the door before. He's fully in now. The, the, the accident changed his state of mind. I think that was actually a positive thing for him in his career, although it, it messed up certain other things, you know, in his brain, in his speech, in his jaw, certain things. But, yo, it's changed his mentality to uh, steer him in the right direction and take him away from all the street and fun nonsense that he was doing. Bro, he got back to his country roots. Uh, you know, he's his family's from Jamaica. Right. But he speaks like a like a Texan because he is a, a transplanted Texan. He moved there when he was a kid. Um, but he's gone over to uh, he's gone over to the to, to the ranch life, to the farming life there in Texas. And I think overall, it's probably going to be a good thing for him. You know, focus him, you know, center him, you know, and uh, get him uh, by his own admission out of the kind of big city uh, condo living downtown lifestyle um that that uh he was living living in before when when he was kind of getting himself into the issues he was having with the drinking with the driving with the collision with the lack of focus now terrence crawford errol spence jr like this this is this is such a great matchup because there's so much to say about it terrence crawford has just rolled through his side of the welterweight division. But what people need to remember is that his side of the welterweight division has been the weaker side of the welterweight division. We're talking with no disrespect to any of these guys I'm going to name because they're all prize fighters. They're all doing stuff that we can't do for our own entertainment. What I say right now, I mean no disrespect. Okay? Jose Benavides Jr., Jeff Horn, The Mean Machine, Amir Khan, where he was at that period of his career. Kelbrook, where he was at that period of his career. And Sean Porter in his last fight, which, by the way, he went over the street to fight uh, Crawford. Those guys are not up to the level of a lot of the people that Errol Spence Jr. has been beating. Um, Granted, he hasn't been beating them the way Crawford's been beating the guys he's been beating. But that's what's intriguing. Just exactly who is Terrence Crawford as a welterweight? We know that he's the WBO welterweight champion of the world. We know that. But we also know that because of his association with Bob Arum and Top Rank, and because Bob Arum and Top Rank didn't have access to most of the top-tier welterweights in the sport who were aligned with the PBC, that we did not get to see Terrence Crawford against the best opposition. That's why this fight to me, Kenny, is so interesting. We now get to see him take on the absolute best. There's no, there's no criticizing Terrence Crawford now if he gets this fight. There's none of it, okay? Because he will be taking on, if he gets this fight, the WBC, WBA, IBF, Unified Welterweight Champion in the World – when I was a kid, that was already undisputed because nobody rated the WBO, but we're in the four-belt era now where you got to rate the WBO. Kenny, what are your thoughts on this fight? Amazing. It's everything I've been waiting for. The skill of the man who was unified at 140 and came up to 147, and people didn't think he was big enough. And then he comes in and he's knocking dudes out. Yes, not the same level of opposition as Errol Spence. But Errol Spence, the bigger guy, the more established guy, the guy who's always fought at 147, has never changed weight. And everybody questions him for that as well. People hating. It's, it's actually hard to stay at the same weight for so long. And you know what? He's staying there till he becomes undisputed because I do hear he's, there's a possibility of him moving up to 154 after if he wins. So this fight is amazing. We got the, the, the 
intense, crazy skill uh, and and counter punching of Terrence Crawford. And uh, once he gets hit or buzzed, he comes back and and it's like a bull. It's like a bulldozer. He he's not playing games. Then we have the skill of Errol Spence that come forward with the crazy power to the body, crazy power to the face. It hasn't been that uh, one punch knockout power in a while. But you look level of opposition changes that shit a whole lot you're not gonna be knocking out the top guys you're gonna hurt them and it's gonna be more tkos and more to the body face combination type of beatdowns that that may last the whole fight unless you hurt a dude like he hurt ugas so it's i can't wait bro i can't wait see we're i i know uh tyson fury and daily white is on the horizon and i'm super excited for that fight too but 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 spence crawford that's a whole nother level of excitement that like i'm more excited for that than than, than canelo bevo uh you do you understand what i'm saying uh uh canelo better bf is it, on that same exact level right there just they, they both right there savage shit. it's just that i've been waiting for terrence crawford and errol spence for so goddamn long now you remember, you remember when we did the the, the 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 WrestleMania? That was my number one match instead of uh, 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 Canelo Baturbiev because we've been waiting for it for so damn long. Oh, I remember. This is a super fight. And I'll tell you why it's a super fight again. Because Errol Spence made it a super fight again by the way he beat up, brutalized, and stopped Jordanis Ugas. If Errol Spence Jr. pity-padded his way to a 12-round decision... It wouldn't be the super fight that it is. Let's keep it real. It would be a fight where it's like, oh, well, yeah, but it's way past its due date. It's like spoiled milk. Nobody wants to see this the way that we wanted to see it five years ago or three years ago. I want to see this fight now just as much as I've ever wanted to see it. Maybe more, actually, because now Errol Spence Jr. has got three belts. Now he is the number one welterweight in the world. And now... If now I want everybody to listen close to this because I said it yesterday on Ringside Reporter Live and people didn't take me seriously. So I'm going to say it again here on Maestro Ah with my brother Kenny T loud and clear. If Errol Spence Jr. and Terrence Crawford happens and Terrence Crawford beats Errol Spence Jr., to become a two-weight undisputed world champion. In my eyes, he's already passed Floyd. And if he goes on after that to take on, I don't know, Charlo Castaño winner and be a three-weight undisputed world champion, I mean, now, like, literally, you got to start comparing this dude to, like, some of the all-time greats. See, the thing with Floyd, Floyd had the skills. Floyd had a hell of a lot of belts, but Floyd was never undisputed. At 130, he didn't fight Casamayor. He didn't fight Freitas. At 135, yeah, he took on Castillo. Uh, A lot of people thought he lost the first fight. He definitely won the second one, but he didn't unify or be undisputed. At 140, he didn't fight Castillo who was the man at 140. Okay, he made his splash against Gotti. And then at 147, I mean, the list is long and long and long. We got Margarito. We got uh, Paul Williams, you know, 154. We got Winky Wright. We got Sergio Martinez. We could go on and on. He was never undisputed. Terrence Crawford was already undisputed at 140. Okay. Yes, he was. And if he does it twice, Kenny, and imagine if he does it three times, come on now. We're talking greatness that can't be denied. Legendary. That's that's uh, immediate Hall of Fame. Not even it doesn't even have to end his career. Like he'd already be uh, Hall of Fame worthy. You know, uh, it's that crazy. And thank you, Slot Tendencies. Greatly appreciated, brother. But yo, you are speaking facts, man. If Terrence Crawford does that, it's bro. He he he'd do it faster than like he has the opportunity to do it faster than Canelo because Canelo's trying to become undisputed in two weight classes right now, and Bud Crawford has that opportunity not in two fights, three fights on in his next fight. If if the call out is for real and and dudes are serious and not playing games with the words that they say, 
which which they seem to be very serious. That car crash was a game changer for the man. I tell you. No, I'm with it. Uh, Team Batman says it's the first time he's disagreed with me. Well, hey, there's always going to be a first time. It probably won't be the last time. But riddle me this, riddle me that, as D-Style El Capitan says. Why didn't we get the Popo Freitas fight? Why didn't we get the Joel Casamayor fight when Yoel was, you know, a, a, a world-beating killer at 130? Why didn't we get the Costa Zoo fight? Why didn't we get the Margarito fight? Why didn't we get the Paul Williams fight? Why didn't we get the Sergio Martinez fight? I could go on and on and on. I can't deny Floyd's greatness, but I also can't deny the fact that Floyd never became undisputed in a weight class and would do things like pick up belts from Zab Judah after Zab Judah lost to Carlos Baldemir and should have never even had a belt. Right? He do things like call uh, Marco Antonio Barreda up from lightweight, tell him it's going to be a contracted catch weight, and then not even try to make the weight, and then give him a couple hundred grand to make to make the fight still happen. Or the fact that the Pacquiao Mayweather fight happened well after it was supposed to happen. I could go on and on and on. You know, everyone's career has these inconsistencies, no doubt. But you I, look. Crawford was a champ at 135, undisputed at 140. And don't forget what I said. If he becomes undisputed at 147, and if he can get the Charlo Castaño winner and do that as well at 154, and yes, that would be a great feat in my eyes. In my eyes. I I won't disagree with you. I'm on the same page with you. I'm all about undisputed. I'm all about them belts. Floyd Mayweather was the dude who started the whole, oh, belts don't mean nothing. I don't care about the belts. He was he was the first one that started that, and now he got everybody repeating it. Shit, we got his loudest mouth uh, fighter right now, Roley, who says that to the camera every opportunity he gets. If Just quoting Mayweather, you know, this whole, the belts don't matter shit. Like, stop the nonsense. They're making the sport all about money. They... Dudes like Floyd Mayweather for for some time, although they were so exciting to fight, also took excitement away from the sports by from the sports by not fighting the people he should have fought when he should have fought them. Right. I mean, he didn't take on. Don't forget, there was a time when when Keith Thurman was considered like the next big thing at welterweight. Remember that time, Kenny? Mm-hmm. And then remember him, remember him taking on uh, 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 Andre Berto. I mean, yeah. I mean, in his last official fight, dude fought, dude fought uh, Conor McGregor. Really? I mean, I'm not trying to take away from the wins he had, like let's say against De La Oria, right? That was a big win, right? He, he had, he had, he had a few big wins, right? Um, the Hernandez fight early on, right? But at the end of the day, never undisputed, never even tried to be undisputed. Um, I think that's a big asterisk on the record. Personally, I, I think it is. So, I, uh, if anyone wants to call in, I got the number there on the screen, by the way. I also dropped the link in the chat if anyone wants to, to join in. But we're going to go now, Kenny, to the next main topic. Um, actually, before we get to that, though, we, we may have some people that join us a little late. I'm going to put a graphic on the board. This was on the DAZN Twitter uh, page, Kenny. They, they tweeted this. I want your opinion. Fact or fiction? You ready? Yeah, let's go for it. Fact or fiction? Are any of these guys up next for Conor Ben? It's, uh, I don't know. It's a little bit of both. Because I could see a couple of opponents from here being next, and then I see a couple that I don't think are going to be next. So overall fact? It's like 50-50. It's 50-50. I don't see I don't see Virgin Virgin. <laughs> I don't see Virgil or Avenesian being next for him, but I could see Kel Brook or or or, or uh um Broner. Fair enough. All right, fair enough. All right, moving on. We're talking about the Kings today. We already talked about one king. We talked about Errol Spence Jr. He's the king of the welterweight division. He's there on the left. The next king is the Gypsy King, Kenny. I'm talking about 
Tyson Fury. He's taking on Dillian the Body Snatcher White this weekend. It's on pay-per-view. It's actually going to cost us more to watch it here in the U.S. than our U.K. brothers and sisters are going to have to pay in the U.K. They're paying about £24.99. I believe that's slightly less than $30. or Let's just call it $30. We're paying $64.99. $65. Little bit unfair, top rank. A uh, little bit unfair that you're making us, you know, pay the, the, the I don't know if it's the majority of the money or the top up of the balance of the record breaking WBC purse bid that you guys laid down. Mm-hmm. 65 is a lot of money for an afternoon fight card, um, especially a fight that a lot of people don't even think is going to be competitive, although I do think it's going to be exciting as long as it lasts. Kenny, what are your thoughts on this fight this weekend? White versus fury uh, i think uh white is is trying to come and be a tough guy he's gonna try to snatch bodies which we ain't really seen him do but i think he's gonna try to come in there and really impose his will and really go in there with some power he's look he looks like he's serious like he's not playing his training has looked pretty decent although he's still you know fat and sloppy and like he usually is it is what it is but regardless of what he's dealing white is gonna go in there and try to do I think Tyson Fury, a.k.a. the Gypsy King, a.k.a. I dip my knuckles in ether, my raw knuckles in ether to harden them up. I think he's going to come in there and do what he got to do. He's going to box him out when he has to box him out. He's going to hit him with the power when he has to hit him with the power. And I think he's going to try to stop the show with a KO for sure. Uh, there's no way that that Tyson Fury is going to be in his head. The, the, the way he thinks, there's no way that he's going to be like, okay, so... AJ, the guy that got beat by Usyk, knocked this guy out, but I'm not going to knock him out. I don't see that happening. Tyson Fury psychs himself out with the amount of shit that he talks. I don't see that happening. I think this fight is going to end by stoppage and Tyson Fury getting that stoppage. I agree. I've got the same pick. Um, You know, I heard Carl Frampton say something interesting that makes a whole lot of sense. He said that if Fury comes in light, expect him to box um, if Fury comes in heavy, expect him to really plant his flag in the center of the ring and just go to war from the beginning with Dillian White. Either way, whether he starts off brawling with him on the inside or whether he starts off boxing tall on his toes, uh, I think we're in for a, a stoppage victory uh, by the Gypsy Kane. I'll tell you why. We don't have a lot of data on... Dillian White fighting big dudes, um, having to punch up, uh, you know, especially not guys that can box like Dillian White. Like somebody may mention Marius Wack. He didn't look too good in that fight. Uh, People might mention AJ. He got knocked out in that fight. Uh, Badly, badly, actually. Um, And a lot of his success has been against, uh, let's be frank, shorter guys. Um, I actually thought Joseph Parker got got robbed in his fight against White because he got headbutted and they counted it as a knock knockdown. Um, and he was coming on strong at the end of that fight either way. And honestly, we've had the discussion before. Like this dude's actually a new fighter, pretty much now under Andy Lee, Joseph Parker. Um, you know, I, I, should Dillian White lose to, to Fury, I think that that would be a great next next opponent uh, for him. A rematch fight. I don't know if he won it. But back to Fury White. Look, people in the past knocked Fury's punching power. He does enough with his punches to hurt people. He's a 280-pound man, six foot nine. His his punches are gonna hurt, um, regardless. And his footwork, his movement, his ability to uh slip and slide and ride with shots, uh no one else does it like him in the heavyweight division. And, you know, I think Dillian White has deserved the shot. I think Dillian White has earned uh, every bit of the payday that he's getting. And w- what's proven that is the fact that, let's be honest, his fight is uh, in a stadium, 94,000 people. It's a big deal. Dillian White is at least part of that. I I, I don't believe that, that Tyson Fury could have fought a Pinetta or Safet Safari and, and sold 94,000 tickets at Wembley. I just don't believe that. So, 
you know, Dillian White's earned this this position, but he has not done anything in his career yet. He may surprise us. I don't think he will. That should indicate that he really has a shot against Tyson Fury. Definitely not this version of Tyson Fury, right? The post-comeback version of Tyson Fury. And and I think that uh, that it's going to be exciting while it lasts. But, Kenny, I'm with you. I'm, I, I see the knockout as, as the most likely outcome. Yeah, you know, uh, if, if, if anything, we've seen Tyson Fury get hit with a big shot before. Uh, bigger than anything that I think Dylan White is going to hit him with. Uh, we have seen Tyson Fury get bothered to the body a few times. We may see that, but you know what we've seen Tyson Fury do when he gets bothered to the body a few times? He comes back with a lot of power. Uh, with a lot of, I remember uh, 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 last fight uh, that he had against uh, um, Wilder. Wilder yeah. hit him with a couple good body shots, and after he got hit with a body he couple. He, he, yeah, he he got upset and he came back with a, with a jab and a straight to follow, and that 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 kept uh, Deontay Wilder at bay. So, look, man, it's gonna be a stoppage. I got mid to late round stoppage. Uh, I don't see. I don't think it's gonna be a, a early stoppage. I see Dillian White trying to start early and on fire, and I see uh, Tyson Fury probably just playing around with him for a little bit and then really starting to pour it on. Yeah, the other thing, too, that's important to mention is we've seen Dillian White get tired a lot in fights. Uh, I don't really Very. see... I, I have never seen Tyson Fury struggle to go 12 rounds. Matter of fact, I remember him getting up off the canvas after being pinned to the canvas by Deontay White. Wow. I'm sorry, Deontay Wilder, sorry. Uh, 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 Right-hand, left-hook combination and get up and finish that round strong. Um, we've seen him go 12 rounds. We've seen him have a really good offensive output, uh, one that matches and then surpasses that of his opponent. Uh, I think that the cardio is going to come into play. I really do. I think it's going to come into play. And big up to Sly Tendencies, man. You're absolutely right, Sly. Subscribe if you're enjoying the show. Make sure you turn on notifications and consider joining Maestro Boxing. Click the join button next to the subscribe for access to past lives and interviews. My man, Sly. You also got to check out Knocked Out by Kenny, too. The real KO Kenny. Because he's got a channel as well. He's doing it big. Tony says maximum violence. That's the tagline. That's what I'm expecting to see come Saturday. That's what I'm expecting to see. Oh yeah, it's definitely gonna end with maximum violence. Uh, uh I really see like I really see Dillian White getting knocked out and not and not a knockout like TKO knockout. I see Dillian White getting knocked out like the AJ the AJ knockout where 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 he went down and was looking crazy on the ground and all that shit. And yeah, I see one of those happening. Yeah, yeah. Or or I can honestly see a kind of like wilder face plant kind of thing happened too you know um, that was a bad one maximum distance and leverage on those shots when he's got him on the rope and just kind of teen on them and he just went down yeah you know uh look you know it's funny because even even sometimes i wonder like are these guys saying this to convince other people or are they trying to convince themselves because even eddie hearn in an interview last week that i was listening to was still questioning uh, Tyson's punching power, saying, well, he's never really had a quote-unquote clean knockout. Um, okay, I mean, clean knockout or not, I mean, look at the kind of uh, uh, KOs that Triple G, Triple G has, right? He may not knock out someone like David Lemieux did Curtis Stevens right in front of KO Kenny and yours truly in upstate New York, but you know what? Sometimes those battering ram punches that don't knock you out with one shot that take five or six or seven or eight throughout the course of a fight, those are the ones that actually do more long-term damage. Um, I would much rather be put to sleep by one shot than beat up and battered by four or five or six and end up in the same position but with worse damage. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm being serious. So, you know, it... 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. He's saying my prediction pain. That's what uh, No Pile is saying over in the chat. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Clubber Lang and the Rocky franchise. You know, um, so look, th that that's what I'm thinking, bro. That's what I'm thinking. I'm I'm thinking we're gonna get a good a good uh, main event. The undercard shitty. The undercard's real shitty. But you know what? The undercard of Errol Spence Jr. Ugas was shitty too. Real mm -hmm. shit. No, I'll tell you what. Here's why I thought it was shitty. I thought the off-TV part, the one that I watched on YouTube, was great. We saw Brandon Lee go 12 rounds, right? And then we saw uh, the Stanionis win, which was a good back-and-forth fight. Great. Uh, I'm sorry, though. And I said this to Joe on his live on Sunday. We had four fights that were absolute blowouts where the opponent had no shot at victory. Uh, with all due respect to the Riverside Rocky, his corner was like pleading with him, like, why are you doing this? Why are we even doing this? Why Why, why should we go on? Uh, well, first of all, you should have just stopped the fight because the fighter is not going to stop himself. You as a trainer need to do that. Uh, then we had the uh, fight with Rayo against Vargas, that was a one-sided mismatch, ended in the first round. Let's not forget Vargas was coming off of a brutal loss to uh, Pitbull Cruz. Then in the fight after that, we had Uriorkis Gamboa getting beat up from pillar to post, round after round, no shot at victory, uh, and getting stopped brutally by Isaac Cruz. So those were the fights on undercard. Kenny, I don't rate that at all. And and honestly, the undercard this Saturday is not going to be that much better, if better at all. But did you know that it was going to be that way before the fight? No shot at people when I didn't think that, that Gamboa was going to look as terrible as he did. Uh, I said he was going to look as terrible as he did. I, I, I didn't think that. Going into that fight, Kenny, he'd been knocked out like seven, knocked down like 17 times. Okay, his best, I've been saying it for years about Gamboa. His best weight class was 126. He's not a lightweight. He's five. Everyone talks about how small Isaac Cruz is, right? Gamboa is just as small. He's not a lightweight. He's a he's a featherweight, right? Um Cruz is a bull, though, man. Yeah, Cruz is a bull. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no doubt about that. Let's there's go no to there's no comparison between those guys, their will, their chin, and their power. So, uh, Chauncey Pearls, are y'all planning to cover the Tank Roly fight live? Yes, I am. I know Kenny is too. Making plans to be in BK for that. So am I. Uh, let's grab a drink and chop it up. If so, much love. You got it. That's a deal. Trato hecho. I'm with that. I'm with that. I'm definitely with that. I'm definitely with that. Um, shoot me a text right there on that number seven one eight six one eight four two eight four. We'll set it up, or shoot me an email. So, uh, Kenny, that's it, man. We've got the crowning of a king, the three belt WBC, WBA, IBF world champion in Errol Spence Jr. Okay, we also have the Gypsy King coming at us live from. Wembley Stadium, there'll be 94,000 fans there to see it. Uh, great episode of Mano a Mano Live. Make sure you go over and check out Mr. D Style Boxing because he is coming up next. Uh, D Style, if you're there with us in the chat, drop a link. Um, Kenny, you can drop the link, obviously, to uh, Knocked Out by Kenny real quick. And, um, that's it, man. That's another edition of Mano a Mano. Make sure you check out Round Table Overtime. Actually, no, we used to call it Round Table Overtime. Uh, this uh, this is actually called Round uh, Table um, Aftermath. I think is what it's it's being called. I'm gonna put the link in the chat right now. Make sure you go over and check that out. It's live on Mr. D Style Boxing. I'm gonna go over and hit. That link, link is in the chat. Make sure you also hit the link to KO Kenny. That's it from me, Kenny. Any last words? Nah, man, we good to go. We had another good show. We destroyed this shit. Let's drop the mic. Let everybody else have a great week. Enjoy the rest of your week. Lots of boxing. All right, all right, all right. Me on Wednesday and no cap. Shit, shit was all right, you know what I'm saying?
Hey, nigga, Pito, if you SBA pay, you call me Young Repo, Old Debo. You can rapidly move your feet so, but nigga, what's graphics to a cheat code? You know that Garrett ain't for the hood, turn your cheetah into Cheetos. Flaming, nigga, think he banging. I make you take your chain out of places you should tuck your chain in. But no, you can get it back if you pay him. I make you sniff a wheel if you ever think about Jaden. Quit the parading, lighten up like Raiden. Act your age, stop acting like you Asian. Talking like a shaman. Make this trip short like a ride around the Caymans. All that shit you saying. This nigga acting like he was balling out in Chrome Hearts. Came out with a bag smaller than some phone parts. Fuck out of here.